Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. And well, we're going to talk some tennis. Roland Garros is underway and the colour of the clay season has already inspired some of the sport's biggest names to flex their muscles while others have already had to pack their bags. Brett Phillips is the host of the first serve for SEN. He's all things tennis, and he's with us now. Morning, Brett. Gents, uh, great to be on the show. Thank you. Hey, uh, commiseration, I just watched that match on TV. Alex D. Manure from Australia. Heartbreak for the young kid. Um, Five-set loss yeah. uh, just about moments ago, mate. Tough. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always think of, you know, guys when the Aussies play at home and, uh, yeah. you know, they're the... Underdogs sometimes, or they could be the favourite, but just the value of that home crowd. Mm. And the French, I think the French do it better than any... Out of all the four Grand Slams, if you're a home player at the French, you feel yeah. those fans more than any of the other majors. It, it was absolutely raucous, out of control, football, soccer-type yeah. uh, crowd. And look, a little Hugo Gaston. In fact, two years ago when he made the fourth round, he's only about 173 centimetres, he beat uh, Stan Vavrinka in five sets, and he lost to Dominic Team in five. So he's been used to playing these big matches. But look, Demon Orr dug in. He started well, had an ordinary middle two sets, then rallied to win the fourth six love, and then it, it came down to a tiebreaker, and, and Gaston just played a little bit better. That, that'll sting Demon Orr, though, because this was his best clay court season, and that, that was a kind draw. I mean, he's 20 in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get a, a guy ranked world number 74, that's a, a missed opportunity, but it also shows you know, how, how tight the margins are in men's tennis. Yeah, it is very tight. I was watching it, man. You, you spoke about the emotion post-match. Man, those French, they love it. They're very, very passionate uh, people. Hey, you just touched on Sam Wawrinka, mate. I watched, he lost uh, yesterday or the other day, mate. What's, was he, he hasn't been there or thereabouts. He's usually been at the top of the, of the tennis ranks as of late, but he's, has he been struggling lately? Yeah, he had, look, he basically missed 12 months, yeah, with um, mm. with the knee. So pretty much from March last year, and he came back, uh, played a challenger in Spain uh, in March of this year. And, and look, yeah, pretty tough. I mean, he's, what, 35 mm. now, I think, Stan. And um, he's always had that strong sort of frame, uh, to, you know, yeah. sort of you know, big body to carry around the tennis court. And, yeah, it's going to be tough for him to get back to the absolute top echelon, but these guys still love to compete. And, and, and why wouldn't you? I mean, the money these days in tennis, you just keep playing, I, I suppose, until the body says absolutely yeah, no more. But, yeah, um, I think you know, he'll look back and say, gee, I won three majors in an era mm. where there's been total dominance by three players. So I, re- I reckon he'll sleep pretty comfortably when it's all said and done. 
Hey, Brett, just, um, you know, Rafa, when he ever stepped, when he stepped on clay, he was like unbeatable. Are those days, are they past? Are they in the past now when he's, when he's out there? Do you think people have got his number? Well, I think if, if, you're, if you're just assessing the French Open this year, normally we would go into every French Open and say, oh, Rafael Nadal, clear-cut, absolute clear-cut favourite. It's not the case now because of the fact he's uh, better turned 36. Uh, this year he's had you know some injuries once again, so it hasn't been the normal clay court build-up because normally he'd play the full calendar. Uh, Monte Carlo, uh, Barcelona, Madrid, Rome into Paris. We know he injured the rib at Indian Wells when he lost in the final there. I mean, his start to the year this year had been unbelievable, winning the Australian Open. He won, what, uh, three or four titles. He was undefeated there for a, a large stretch and then got the injuries. And Look, you can't discount him. He actually moved pretty well in the first round. Um, and, he, and he's in that much pain. Like his foot is, uh, is, you know, he's always playing with injury in Nadal. So you've got to admire him for that. But right now, from what I saw of Nadal on the opening day, what I saw of Djokovic uh, play first up in the night session on day one, I think Novak's probably got the edge on he and, and the other one is Carlos Alcaraz, this young absolute sensation from Spain who, you know, to think he's in the conversation as a contender at 19 just says how good he is. But I feel like Novak's, um, you know, really getting his mojo back and he might just time this run extremely well over the next fortnight. Mate, you just brought up the question of Carlos Alcaraz. Alcaraz sorry. Um, why is he so good? What makes him so good at such a young age, 19? Is he going to do something special very, very shortly? Yeah, no doubt. He's a physical beast. You know when they do the slow-mos and... Uh, his quad mm. muscles, fair dinkum. I mean, they are, <laughs> they are bulging like... You go, like Kempe's arms. <laughs> well, I mean, it's quite striking the last 12 months, right? So he was, I think, 106 in the world playing qualifying this time last year at the French Open. 12 months on, he's packed on a heap of muscle. He's 100 spots mm. better. He's beating the likes of Djokovic and Nadal in the lead-up to the French Open. This kid is so driven. It is Rafa take two, basically. Uh, a lot of the numbers sort of marry up. I mean, Rafa did win his first major, though, at 18. So, you know, he's got uh, Carlos's measure there. But Elkarez, look, it's funny because Elkarez, Nadal and Djokovic are all in the same sort of section of the draw. So they're going to meet um, a little bit earlier than, obviously, uh, you know, the business end. Hey, Brett, let's let's take, uh, take right here and go to the woman's side of it. Emma, um, she's playing quite well at the moment. Was a gutsy win yesterday? Who was that? Sorry, that was... Raducanu. Emma Raducanu. Oh, Raducanu. Sorry, yeah, look, mm. good win. Absolutely. Um, I'm a look, big fan. It's, it's tough on... <laughs> yeah, look, it's tough because every match she has played since winning that US Open, every match has been scrutinised yeah. because of the lofty height she's gone to, which is probably really unfair. I mean, she came from the absolute clouds. I don't think that'll ever be repeated again. You know, a player coming from qualifying 150 in the world to win a major. Uh, so I think, you know, all of us who sort of follow the game have given her a bit of grace and not, yeah. not tried to pick apart every match. And uh, she's gone through a few coaches. Um, she's decided to go coach less. Uh, but, you know, she had to guts it out in the first round. And, yeah, I mean, look, she's mm. at least maintained her ranking. She's maintained her spot. And, you know, it'll be an incremental build. I mean, she may never have that sort of window again in professional tennis to win a major, but... Yeah, look, she, she can certainly play. There's no doubt about that, but she's in that big yeah. pack of women's players who are all chasing one person at the moment. That's Iga Sviantec, because she is a genuine superstar. 29 wins in a row. 
you just, I mean, almost hand her the French Open trophy right now. Please don't say this. This won't be another Eugenie Bouchard, Emma Raducanu kind of situation. We reckon like she hit the ground running, bang, everyone loved her, and then she just fell away. The tennis kind of lost it. Are we still? Is she? You're saying she's still got the goods to go out there and perform. And can she? You know, do you reckon that was kind of like a fluke winning the U.S. Open? No, I don't think you. I don't think you win a major um, mm. by by fluking it. No, I don't think so. Look, she just happened to have a two weeks yeah. where everything went perfectly. The execution was just superb. And I suppose, I mean, as we know in the history of sport, that can just happen, can't it? But, you know, tennis is sort of unforgiving. I mean, you you know, you're only as good as your last match and the matches come around thick and fast. There's no sort of long off season. It's just uh, repeat, yeah. repeat, repeat. And uh, it's tough to stay up all the time. And she was going to, always going to have probably a bit of a dip after winning that US Open, but her ranking hasn't suffered too much. So... You know, if she can just hold ground and keep developing and also probably just enjoy being a teenager playing tennis, hopefully the, you know, there's good people around her allowing her to do that, yeah. then you know, I think she'll be around the mark, whatever that looks like. Mm. All right, um, just quickly before we let you go, what's your take on the, on the Wimbledon situation? Um, ATP, WTA, um, stripping them of the ranking points and potentially going to... Lose some high-class um, quality, uh, you know, first-line players eventually uh, playing at Wimbledon. What's, what's your take on that situation? Yeah, look, it's just hard to believe it even got to this situation. I mean, I suppose just, you know, just mm. to succinctly talk about this, uh, I, I can sort of understand Wimbledon and their stance, right? Wimbledon is a prestigious... Yeah. It's not just a sporting event. It's, 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 it's bigger than that. And there's the, the government that would have been uh, right in their... Um, in their backside there, telling them how they wanted Wimbledon to uh, go about this. If there's the connection to the royal family, obviously being patrons and presenting the trophy. So I can I can understand. They did deliberate it over some time. I can also understand the ATP yeah. and the WTA coming together uh, because their first reaction, and I was probably of the same mindset, that, well, how can you penalise these players who have nothing to do with their government who are deciding to invade another country. They are uh, subcontractors, freelancing, travelling around the world. They have a, a country in brackets by default next to their name. So, uh, and that's why the players are up in arms and the player councils on both tours have a big say in the governance of the game. So I think they had to do something like that and, and make it no rankings points. And then Wimbledon's not going to budge. Once they make a decision, they make a decision. But now the players have had a few days to reflect on it and they're thinking, do I really want to go to Wimbledon? If I, what if I win the thing and I'm 100 in the world? I'm actually not going to get any points out of this. So some players are, <laughs> have got the mindset because I, I can tell you the player's mentality is points. It's all about points. Mm. Every week you are playing to improve your ranking and that's the mindset. The other flip of the coin will be, well, hang on, it's still Wimbledon. You're going to get yeah. prize money and, and the prestige mm. of maybe being a Wimbledon champion, which might have great effects down the track uh, when your resume's done and dusted and you're a Wimbledon <laughs> champion. So anyway, there's a bit to play out over the next few weeks. But yeah, it's a, you know, politics and sport, who says it never um, comes together? It clearly does. Yeah, it kind of stinks of the situation with the uh, Super Rugby Trans Tasman. Is that a title or is that not a title? We'll have to see. But no, we appreciate you coming on the show Brett Phillips talking all things tennis at the moment thanks so much mate and giving us an insight look to what's going on at Roland Garros and heading towards Wimbledon mate appreciate it no pleasure anytime thanks guys
Thank you very much. There he is, Brett Phillips of The First Serve, host of The First Serve on SCN Across the Ditch, just sharing a little insight on Emma Raducanu for Uncle. How good? It, you know, it's a good question, Izzy, about, you know, she's going to fall by the wayside, but Brett, I think Brett addressed it mm. very, very well. What she's done is she's managed to hold her ranking, so she's just buying time to yeah. keep getting better, keep making, getting better, and yesterday when she won, oh, the relief on her face and her team's face, it was really, really cool. Oh, but it's, it's just, when obviously when she bursted onto the stage at the US Open, she was on every billboard over in the New York, the she Met was Gala. fronting all the major, major shows, she went to the meet, mate, she... It was just a young kid just bang onto the world stage. I just didn't want to see her fall aside from getting all this publicity, the hype. I just look at young Eugenie Bouchard when she bursted onto the scene. She's obviously a beautiful girl. Uh, she, she's marketable. You know, so she, so there's situations, and she probably fell on fell away. You know, tennis probably took a backward step for Emma. I just hope that doesn't happen for her because she is very, very talented at what she does. So. That was the kind of question down that line. I just didn't want to see her get overhyped and ruin this young kid. And I think it sounds like they're actually looking after her and they're trying to manage that situation. And Brett's a part of the media, and that's all part of it too. The overhyping of these players from the media is is where they um, need, need to work on, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, she, but she can also make be a very, have a very lucrative career by that hyping. So it's a double-edged sword, you know? Like, it's a, it is, yeah. it's a, it all kind of, it's a melting pot, and you're right, it's just the person comes first. Uh, we're coming up to 7.30. Sits a pass leading Musetti 4-2 right now in the first set. Um, man, the Wimbledon conversation's a really interesting one. Richie, mm. I know you're passionate about it on double eight, double three as well. And Kempi, could you just, in the news, could you just go and work out wh- how you're texting the show? Oh, mate, that, yeah. that, that text got sent to me because they obviously didn't know the text um, the text number, so I've just forwarded it. <laughs> did I, did oh. I yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, who's that? Why can't you just pump out the zone over the fence? Because <laughs> you know that you, your number comes up when you text the show. <laughs> Past seven. Glad we got to the bottom of that. Well, we'll read the text that obviously is not from you, but it is from you after this. Half past seven. Here comes out of the news for Kubota. Hat, Richard Hadley. What Sir, a stitch Sir up. Richard Hadley. <laughs> Before the end of the hour as well. Here is Aroha for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.